Live from the 93.7 The Ticket Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, this is Inside the Huddle with Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Fires a pass, and it's intercepted by the Huskers at the 25, Jay Foreman. And Foreman takes it down to the 19-yard line of Oklahoma. Another big play by the Blackshirts. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Sponsored by Advanced Medical Imaging. Good morning. We're back live. Jay Foreman inside the huddle. Uh, brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging 7601 Pioneers Boulevard. Uh, we'll help you with all your needs from uh, concussions. They do stuff for uh, cancer screenings. And obviously for me, they uh, have done a lot with my uh, uh, lower body and uh, back issues. And uh, we'll continue. They, we, they, You know what the funny thing about Advanced Medical Imaging is... They they uh, probably got a friendship and a partnership that they didn't plan on. <laughs> it's like one of those things, Harrison, that like, you know, you go one time and then they're like, what you doing back here? I was like, well, you guys treated me so good. I'm going to keep coming for a whole bunch of stuff. And they they got a surprise coming here pretty soon. So um, anyways, I uh, appreciate their support and uh, their partnership, um, you know, because uh, Inside the Huddle is going to start to really grow uh, 2024, uh, I think. And uh, I know there's some things coming down the pipe potentially that's going to be uh, pretty good for inside the huddle, uh, pretty good for old school, really good for the ticket, and they're really good for people that will be listening. So be on the lookout for that. And um, But, you know, we got a little bit of uh, – the first segment we'll jump into maybe a, a season recap, um, you know, considering you get a week to kind of – you know, let it, you know, fester or whatever. And then we had championship weekend just last night. Um, and it's, uh, you know, the people that are in the committee got to. That was the worst case scenario for the committee. Like, that, that's a tough one. Everybody is, I can guarantee you the preseason rankings. If Louisville won, they would have been top 10 next year. They're like 23 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Brom. Uh, well, and you know what? He That's kind of how he. His teams were at Purdue. Get on the cusp, like you know, and they went to the Big Ten championship, and then they just doo doo down their leg, rightfully so, right? And then they went in the bowl game against a depleted LSU team and got obliterated. I mean, to the point that LSU cleared everybody off the bench by like the second quarter. Um, but anyways, uh, back to the Huskers. Uh, obviously, you know, we would rather be having the inside the huddle uh, where they're getting ready to go bowling. That did not happen. 13-10 loss to Iowa. Uh, unfortunate. It was kind of just a, uh, you know, I think like the first eight, I think it was like two seasons or three seasons for this team. Um, I felt like the first four games, and you could even probably say it was four seasons. I, I guess I, I'll restate that. I think it was four seasons, right? And I think the first two games was a, was a kind of mini season in itself, right? That's, Two road games, probably not the best case scenario in your first um, game as, you know, new head coach, new regime, a new team, and you go on the road to a more buttoned up version of potentially what yourself is that it with established program on the road on a Thursday night. And then you tur- turn around and go into the hornet's nest with the same scenario, maybe times 12 to be honest with you so that was a season in itself to where 
you know, people probably were turning turning on the Minnesota game preseason wise, you know, thinking wise that oh, you know, Minnesota would beat us. Minnesota was one of the favorites potentially. This was a year for PJ Fleck. Obviously, go up there. Nebraska played well, and then expectations just instantly changed. Like, oh man, you know, we actually look physical. We looked, you know, we actually looked, especially on defense, you know, mm-hmm. and special teams made some big hits. And the ability to kind of handle adversity, which has obviously been something that kind of has been, you know, a, an issue. Uh, so you're like, man, you know, actually, you know, some tangible assets that what Coach Rule and those guys are talking about is is there. Now, obviously, the offense struggled, ended up losing. Going to Colorado, you couldn't have started that first drive any better, right? And then you go in it, and then you have a, again, a, 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 a well-known, you know, fundamental uh, mistake, letting it just lay there, and then you come back again, and you miss the field goal. But again, you could take positives out of it, and you could say, okay, you know, this was not the ideal scenario. Nobody pictured Colorado to be a ranked team by then, right? And the darling of college football. So if there was ever a scenario that's not ideal for Nebraska to start, that was it. So, all right, that's the first part of the season, right? It's kind of the learning process, and you can't get any worse than this. You know what I mean? Just think of how you start 0-2, but you're like, okay. And then you got two winnable games, and then you have your next four games, I say, right? Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you rebound, and then you knew, okay, well, okay, let's see how they deal with success, and let's see how they deal with a really, really, obviously, probably the best team in the nation, even back then. And Michigan took them to the woodshed. But then you came away from that game of like, you know what? That's not the team that we saw that was 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, that's when we had that Sunday practice story. Sunday practice story. Real big and, deal. and you know what? Mm-hmm. What we said, you know, obviously we're not coaches. and um, But what everybody saw for like the naked eye perspective was true. Matt Rule just say, hey, listen, I didn't see you guys hit anybody. You probably are fresh. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do this again. <laughs> right? And we're going to do it again with the game on Friday. On the road and before a bye week. It took some big cojones to do that. And I think that was a... It, again, that was a part of the second season that I say, um, which was a kind of a turning point, right? And then you go on the road and in Champaign at Illinois. Sleep, I would say they're sleepy Friday night games. Nebraska obviously has the ghost of the past of playing at Illinois um, and not playing well. And you go out there and kind of sleepwalk the first drive on defense, goal line stand. You feel like, okay, the game's over. Or not the game's over, but we have control of the game. Going to bye week, three and two, and it's like, okay, are we going to see something out? Uh, you know, something a little bit different. And this is along the lines of essentially playing a quarterback that hadn't played since high school, a quarterback that really hadn't been coached since high school. Yeah, I mean, he started the season out with a catch. Yeah, true. And but I'm saying always back there, you had Mark Whipple that just refused to even talk to him and told him you shouldn't even be here and all the. I mean, just. Mm-hmm. And not even coaching him. So you got to think you're coaching yourself. He was the year even before that. You're on scout team. You're not really in the mix. Rightfully so because we had Adrian. Um, And then there you go. He provided a spark. And next thing you know, you're five and three. That's the third season. And went, uh, what, undefeated in October for the first time. And I don't know how long, which seems weird because, you know, I'll tell you what, Harrison – some of the like small benchmarks that they're getting right now is like these were just the things that were just we would just roll out of the bed and be able to do this right and so you have to change your perspective because where the program is right now is a byproduct of some decisions maybe even 
as long as 20 some years ago. And, um, and then, you know, you have everything teed up to where you could actually reach your, your, your immediate goal, which was the bowl game. And then maybe really cause some havoc and be a really special year. Mm-hmm. And then obviously it goes without saying you go 0 and 4 in, in uh, November. And then now we're here. And then how do you evaluate the season? So I think this season is just a byproduct really of that last game. Iowa, right? Um, started out a little slow, right? Especially offensively. Got it going. Defense took it over. Um, some mistakes there. Then situational football. And didn't take advantage of the opportunity. And then, and then we kind of, it was a learning process, right? Clock management. You know, if you're, you know, I think one of the receivers wasn't on. And then we had to burn a timeout. That's a personal choice. I figured like, yeah, you you know, the easy thing is, I think what people always try to do, blame the coaches. What, Harrison, if we're in, I mean, it's just like today. We can communicate. Yeah, that's yeah. high school level stuff. Right. We that's can, on the like, player to look you at communicate. the Hey, Harrison, out. you're yeah. here? Are you here? Yes, I'm here. Okay, I'm walking in. Like, it's almost game time. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, the coach, like, you should never have to burn out. I'm not, I'm not calling that one coach. Yet. Right. So it's like if, the, if we're about <laughs> to go on air and and I know we're about to go on somewhere around 7 and 7.05, I'm like, oh, man, you know what? I'm going to run up and get a you know tank of gas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or I'm at the gas station at 6.00. 59 mm-hmm. you know that's not a producer problem or something like that so if or if i decide to go into pete ferguson's show at 8 15 that's not your that's a that's that's on me the person that's actually doing it or right. didn't do it and so i think it was just a microcosm of, of the you know kind of sh- a snapshot of dealing with success dealing with the big moments dealing with the realistic big moments and actually taking a type of championship mentality in a scenario of reaching the expectation that you should. And what I think where what I mean is dealing with like success is everybody's patting you on the back. It can become a, a, like, like Nick Saban says, it could be like rat poison, you know, where you can take it. And then the next thing you know, you kill yourself. And then also dealing with expectations in the sense of, okay, we're here. Now we expect you guys to actually go a little bit farther. And sometimes it's a scenario of not really being familiar and dealing with a lot of adversity as far as like uh, some guys that they were counting on, you know, end up being not only hurt, but injured the whole, you know, out for the whole year. And then some guys that are thrust into the the limelight and everything can like move so fast and you can kind of be out there like playing and you're still kind of like, oh man, I'm really out here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing to think like, okay, you know, I, I guess the thing that I could tell you is, you know, when I started as a redshirt freshman, I was a starter. I was just out there really trying to, I was trying to make my plays and not really mess up to where people would probably be talking about me, you know, on Sundays or Come to talk shit. Yeah. Or in the daily Nebraskan or something, <laughs> you know, back when we had that paper. And then as you go along, then it's like, okay, I really feel like I'm out here. Now I'm going to really go out here and really ball out. And we had a little bit of that, and then next thing you know, you're in a moment, and then boom, you you make a you know game changing play, something that didn't happen. You miss a tackle that you normally probably have made ten times or you know numerous times out the year, mm-hmm. and it's like, how did I miss that tackle? Well, you missed the tackle because of the different scenarios, and if you're not used to being in that scenario through practice or just through your mental training on your own. Um, you could get out there and, and like uh, Mr. Ghost 30 says, uh, the moment could be too big. And so, you know, I think overall, I think, um, 
you know, I'll, I can say that the the five and seven season was a a decent start. You know, I'd say if it was like a it was a C. You know, wasn't it? You know, it was kind of like maybe like where a lot of people predicted. We did it. Thank people any everywhere for here in, in the station anywhere from four to seven eight wins and and everything was predicated on health and you know we could you know I would have expected to get six wins especially with the scenario of the teams and how they played. Um, and so. You know, probably didn't reach the, the the ultimate goal, obviously, but I think it's in a better, really good place in the sense of fundamentals are being taught. They're getting coached. Um, I think they have a young coaching staff that's learned a lot from Matt Rule. Um, and that's right. I mean, he knows that, right? I mean, look, Matt Rule, you know, he's 47, 48 years old, he, but he's been a young coach before. Yeah. So he knows what these guys are going through. I'm, a, You know what I mean? So, so he's not expecting. So for, I think, uh, Dvorak is like 29 years old, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a young dude to be coaching. Yeah, right? everyone it, talks about McGuire, but Dvorak's not that much older. Well, they're right there with each other. Uh-huh. I mean, 24 and 20. I mean, 24 and 20. That, there isn't a big. I mean, there five years difference, but you still wet behind the ears. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, that's good in the sense of he sees unique qualities in them beyond this year. I'm assuming. I can't. I'm not anything. I say. I'm not speaking from that row. I'm just speaking from experience of being around young coaches and a couple times being coached by a young coach. And the reason why I have like real scenario, like experience with it, because when I was in Houston, we had a young coach by the name of Jed fish, right? Mm -hmm. Who was an offensive guy by trade, Vic Fangio. And more importantly, excuse me, Dom Caper saw something in him as a young coach because on the other side, we had our, our offensive quality control was uh was a Brian Dable and the other guy that was up there uh in Bo- or in Baltimore that when uh Lamar Jackson really got started those were our two offensive quality control coaches right so <laughs> we can't we, you know what i mean and then our other defensive quality c- control coach was Tony Oden you know what he's doing right now he's a defensive back coach for the New York Jets so we had Jed Fish and if people you don't know who Jed Fish is, he is now the head coach of one of the hottest teams in America, the Arizona Wildcats. So when you were when you have older coaches, which Dom Capers and those guys more see somebody, you, you go through the the mud with them, mm-hmm. and and then you know there was times, man. I'm telling you, as a defensive assistant coach, I saw I saw Dom and in in uh, Vic raise the roof on Jed. I was like, dang. I was like, Jed, you'll be all right, man. He's like, yeah, I know. I just got to I gotta do better, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you have that, so I think that's where they're at. And I think they, uh, I think next year I, I'm only, I can only assume that, you know, you're used to the magnitude of here in Nebraska. You're used to the pressure. You, you're hopefully used to how you're supposed to operate in like outside of the university, that this thing is a lot bigger than you can even imagine when you first came up here. And they'll be able to just hit the line run and come in the spring. And obviously they're in recruiting season right now. And so there's some tangible um, positives that you don't necessarily see because everybody can just be fixated on the wins and losses. So he's trying to really build a program that's hopefully sustainable. That's why he said it's a build, not a rebuild. And so you're kind of systematically building it up. But everybody's aware of next year the the scenario is, is a lot more intense, and that's the way it should be. You shouldn't you shouldn't run away from ex- expectations. You shouldn't be worried about not reaching them. You should be just worried about reaching them. You know, doing the thing, you should be actually trying to exceed the expectations, right? Um, you know, always, ex- you know, ve- be very humble. Um, 
you know, under promise over deliver is always a good thing. And coach Osborne told us, you know, and so I think if this is a, if there ever was a scenario that you can't, I think it's a good time to self-evaluate. You got a lot of roster issues right now or, and the stuff you got to, you know, think about, and then you got to get into recruiting, finish out the class and that's your, and that's your bowl game. Really? But there is no off time. And, and it's not just, I'm not just talking about the coaches, but it's the players. If I was a player on that team, I might take this week off. Not fully, but I'm going to get back into it. Not to the magnitude, but I'm trying to gain an edge. Because if I'm a defensive player, yeah, we had a good year. We were a good defense, right? A good defense. We got to be a great defense. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you want an example, and we'll go to break here, is like a great defense this year in the Big Ten was Iowa. A pathetic offense, but a great defense that kept them in the game to where they didn't get obliterated and embarrassed. Well, I mean, they only gave Michigan 20 yesterday. Right. Or not 20, 26. I think 26, it's and, yeah. and you got you got to think, they had a 90-yard punt return. Mm-hmm. And essentially just gave them the ball on what the two-yard line. So that's seven points off of there. They literally play with their backs against the wall from play one to the last play. Yeah. And, and 27 seems like it might still seem like a lot, but you consider the fact the offense is three and out, three and out, three and out, and that's right. all you give up. Yeah. Like that's that's next level. The defense. amount of pressure that they had to play because there is no mistake, and mm-hmm. it's a physical game, and you know that they have everything to play for, and they want to pass the eye test, meaning Michigan has more incentive to beat the brakes off of you than to kind of just get through the game. So – um, that's what the Nebraska should be shooting for, and then some, and that's and that's only going to get there with guys taking uh, you know self evaluation accountability. So, um, you know, it is what it is. It was a there was a lot of positives. I would say there's more positives than negatives, but we got to you know obviously address some of the negatives, and that's what they're doing. I'm assuming right now. So we're gonna take our break, go into championship weekend because uh, I think it's a. <laughs> It's going to be a conversation because I think it comes out at 12. Is it around 12? So it's new. Uh, is it Eastern time? I know it's noon. I'm not yeah. sure if it's so, noon. If it's Eastern time when that is, we'll double check. Yeah, but it no, is well, today. By the time, today, 11 by, noon. Yeah, before, before tip off, before Nebraska beats Creighton on Sunday, <laughs> and I implore everybody to get down there and, and, and beat Creighton um, or to be down there and cheer on Nebraska beat Creighton, we'll know who's in there, and it will be a topic of discussion all day today and the rest of the week. So I'm going to break. Inside the huddle, Jay Foreman, Advanced Medical Imaging. We'll be right back.